This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, September 14th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. The FBI has a checkered history, so it would make sense if the agency taught its cadets about how to avoid the kinds of violations of Americans' rights that the agency has undertaken in its many decades of existence. Cato's Patrick Eddington says the agency just doesn't do that. We spoke last week. I get that uh, mistakes being made by an agency ought to be internalized by that agency. And uh, to the extent that those were costly mistakes, they should be, everybody should say, well, this is the thing you can't do. These are the things you can't do. But I also get that you want people to be proud of what they do and happy with the organization that they work for. And so maybe you don't stress the even egregious errors of the past. What does the FBI teach uh, its future agents about the FBI's past, in some cases, criminal past? You know, we found out uh, through this particular Freedom of Information Act inquiry that uh, the FBI most definitely does everything it can to put uh, a happy spin on on the bureau and its history and what it does on behalf of the American people and so on and so forth. And they go very light, to say the least, on past FBI abuses. And it wasn't until 2014, 2014, that then FBI Director Jim Comey actually started uh, this extremely uh, limited program at the FBI Academy, which really amounts to not much more than a field trip essentially, to the Holocaust Museum uh, and to the uh, Martin Luther King Memorial uh, down on the mall here in D.C. And when you look at this this particular 14-page document we got entitled Basic Field Training Course Training Guide, uh, the questions that you see on there, in essence, uh, are really the kind of thing that you would use for a, a high school field trip you know, to these, they're, they're not a serious effort. It is not a serious effort to instruct folks about just exactly how much of this stuff the Bureau has been involved in over the course of the last, you know, hundred plus years. All right. Let's assume that the FBI is listening and, you know, there's a good chance they are. Always keep that in mind. And what are, what's the number one thing that FBI agents ought to know about the FBI's abuses of civil liberties in the past? I think the most important thing that they they really should be conveying at Quantico, uh, and this should also be, you know, refresher training that takes place for folks uh, in middle management, uh, folks that are thinking about going all the way up to the, uh, the chain of command, maybe to being an assistant director or possibly even uh, the director of FBI itself. You need to have, I believe, at least a week-long course at Quantico to begin with that describes the full history of the Bureau. In other words, exactly how it came into existence and and the complete list essentially of the major episodes that have happened. So this would of course include uh, the Bureau's role uh, in World War I, uh, spying on folks. Uh, It would include the Palmer Raids, uh, the post-World War I, uh, anti-communist and essentially anti-immigrant activities that they were engaged in. It would encompass the Bureau's uh, so-called custodial detention program, where they were taking names literally and figuring out uh, in the five years leading up to the outbreak of World War II, which German, Italian, and Japanese Americans they were going to round up and intern 
which of course they did. And then of course there's you know the bureau's very infamous COINTEL program, uh, the counterintelligence program, which targeted not only Dr. King and the Southern uh, Christian Leadership Conference, but a range of uh, political dissidents, folks who are accused of being communists. And of course all of this is flowing out of the McCarthy era. This goes on, you know, for the better part of, of a quarter of a century. And then we get to the church committee uh, and all the investigations that took place in, in that particular period. And I think a thorough grounding in that. And then the training should go still further forward, looking at the, the spying on uh, anti-Central uh, American interventionist activists during the Reagan administration, right on up through uh, George W. Bush's administration and the Iraq War uh, and all those abuses that took place then. So there's, there's plenty that can and should be you know, in a curricula like that, because this is a systemic problem at, at the Bureau. And folks at least need to be aware uh, of the pitfalls of this kind of stuff. And every agent and every new intelligence analyst should, should be made aware of it. I think the bigger problem, though, is that we need the senior most management of the FBI to actually admit uh, that their their agency is not nearly the, the bright, shining example of federal service that they make it out to be. And the only way that you can really begin to kind of correct that culture is when management embraces it. You know, this is what the army went through in the wake of the Vietnam War. The army had to go through a, a real soul searching uh, about how it allowed itself essentially to get uh, suckered into Vietnam uh, and to go along with bogus counterintelligence uh, strategies and philosophies and so on and so forth. And it was a wrenching experience for the army. Uh, they came out of it the better for it, uh, at least until... Uh, the advent of the Bush administration, of course, the war in Iraq. Uh, but that's the problem, I think, with almost every federal agency and department is that there is not a proper inculcation in the actual workforce about the true history of the organization and the kind of pitfalls that employees should be on the lookout for. Is part of that that uh, the part of the difference between the military and uh, U.S. intelligence agencies that the mili U.S. military budget is the thing that could be at any moment on the chopping block? There's no question that that is a motivator. Uh, I will also say, though, that, you know, there was, at least when I was, uh, you know, en enlisted in 1981, and then when I went through uh, my own ROTC-based training in, in the 1980s, there was a real uh, sense of of professional responsibility and the loss thereof during the Vietnam era. Uh, and I distinctly remember, you know, getting that kind of inculcation when I was in ROTC at my university and also when I went through my my officer basic course as well. I, I think that as an institution, the Army oftentimes uh, uh, does a better job as a learning institution, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, still a lot of problems there. But let's remember that that the Bureau is still a reflection of the late J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, his his whole mantra the entire time that he was the director for that 50 years was that you never do anything to embarrass the Bureau. Uh, at least don't let it get out. <laughs> and and that mentality still exists. And, and when you have that kind of circle the wagons mentality, uh, and that is communicated to the to the workforce, uh, that's that's what they inculcate. And I think another important thing to understand uh, uh, about this problem that, that we've uncovered so far is that the existing FBI uh, structure actually, in many respects, incentivizes the kinds of abuses that we talk about here in this uh, American conservative piece that, uh, 
that I got published uh, just in the last few days. And that is when bureau agents are, are told to go out and engage uh, in these so-called assessments, uh, and for the benefit of our audience who may not be familiar with it, an assessment is an internal FBI term uh, and mechanism that is essentially a proto-investigation. It's where they can search commercial databases, do online searches, social media searches. They can also even run confidential uh, human sources for purposes of looking at whether or not a particular individual or organization should be the subject of a preliminary investigation or full investigation. And uh, just to use the, the Albany chapter, the Albany, New York chapter, the League of Women Voters as an example, uh, this is a circumstance where the Albany FBI office agents were literally on a fishing expedition for alleged uh, public corruption in the New York State Legislature. Well, they, they reached out to that League of Women Voters chapter, and, and the chapter members were like, what are you talking about? We don't know anything about that. Uh, and they still went ahead and met with them. And, and the Bureau, essentially, the agents involved, you know, took copious notes about this meeting, which involved First Amendment protected, you know, legislative activities which they had absolutely no business doing. And this was all done under the rubric of a, quote, public corruption, end quote, assessment. Well, there was no actual public corruption going on. But at the very end of this document is where they got to uh, basically catalog what they did, right? So they were incentivized to go out and do this because statistics on how many assessments they do, how many preliminary investigations they open, how many full investigations they open, all these kinds of things are used as performance measures uh, at the Bureau. So in essence, these kinds of fishing expeditions, these assessments, which are the, the things that I worry about the most in terms of potential rights violations, they are literally incentivized you know, to do this kind of thing. Uh, and that's, that's got to change. That's something that has to go away. The other thing that I think is, is noteworthy about what we've discovered so far um, is how the Bureau is continuing uh, to propagate discredited theories of radicalizations, uh, particularly among Arab or Muslim immigrants, within the, uh, the human rights and immigrant rights community. And they do this, again, by these so-called um, external organization liaison meetings. That's pretty much the, the title for it. But they wind up essentially also being a form of de facto surveillance. And in the case of uh, the Des Moines, Iowa chapter of the U.S. Uh, Committee on Refugees and Immigrants, uh, Omaha, Nebraska FBI agents went over there and met with them essentially to peddle this discredited theory of radicalization and effectively try to enlist uh, those USCRI uh, volunteers and employees in that chapter as de facto human informants uh, in terms of you know taking a look at any immigrants uh, that would be of interest to the FBI. So this, this is something that uh, I think anybody who is involved essentially in civil society where you are dealing with, with immigrants, refugees, and the like, you need to be very, very, very on guard against this kind of thing because the Bureau has yet to let go of this discredited notion of radicalization uh, and can turn around and try to utilize your organization essentially as, a, as a, uh, an extension of, of the Bureau in terms of its intelligence gathering. Patrick Eddington is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. Cato Podcast. 